Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hi folks, welcome to Are You a Fan? If you like the episode or any of our episodes, give us a like, follow, and uh, you know what? Why don't you share it with a friend, loved one, or somebody that you really want to waste the time of? Anyway, this week, I have a question for you folks and for you, Joker. Hit me. If you could specialize in any weapon, what would it be? For me, I may be going a little stereotypical. But I know I'd want to specialize in like a, the axe, you know, being Viking and all, and kind of sticking with the cultural weapon. I mean, valid <laughs> and, you know, not a bad, a very intimidating weapon to kind of specialize in. Oh, yeah, especially because you imagine the people back in that time that you... You know, you're used to seeing the sword, but then all of a sudden you got this dude with a brutal axe, and it's like, I'm staying away from you, right? It's like, dude, he cleaved Steve's head, like, right off. <laughs> or, you know, he put it right down and cleaved his head in half. Yeah, it's a, not a great weapon to come in contact with no, if you're on not. the receiving end. Um, honestly, I I don't know. I'm, I'm always torn with this one because I got two weapons. I'm very, I'm very stuck on either knives or like a hammer of some sort, which is weird because I have not trained to use a hammer at all in my previous martial arts. I feel like it's, it's similar to the whole axe thing where it's, you see it as an intimidating weapon that is not technically even a weapon, yeah. but it can be used very well as one in the right hand. Like specifically the C-point club from the Native <laughs> Americans, like, like that's my one, like, similar to your pick, that's a cultural weapon. Yeah. But it's also such a brutal-looking weapon. But I'm like, I have never once picked up a hammer in anger. <laughs> well, that's not entirely true. You just haven't hit anybody with it out of anger. Hopefully. Not that I can remember. <laughs> There's some gaps in my history that I don't like to go into. That's Any, scary thought. Anywho, that should bring us into our current character, Hawkeye. Also, a.k.a. known as Clint Barden. Because, you know, as with a lot of characters, there are many reinterpretations and people who have put on the cowl. But this week, we are focusing on Clint Barton. So let's get going. Okay, so Hawkeye, Clinton Francis. His middle name's Francis. What's my name? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, yes. Uh, So, yeah, Clinton Francis... Barton is a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics, created by writer Stanley and artist Don Heck. The character first appears as a villain in Tales of Suspense number 57, September 1964, and later joined the Avengers in the Avengers issue number 16, May 1965. He has been a prominent member of the team ever since he was also ranked at number 44 on ign's top 100 comic book heroes list i mean that that ain't nothing to scoff at for uh, number yes, 44 especially for being a non-superpowered superhero exactly that's, that's impressive that is very impressive also just a just rare that we hear stan lee's name without uh kirby yeah without jack kirby being brought up so you know kind of cool Definitely. It's definitely not the first time we've heard Don Heck's name either. Oh, definitely not the first time we've heard Don Heck's, Heck's name in that, but like... So it's cool to see both of them back at it. Yeah, it, it really is. It's just, it just is one of those, like, generally if Stan Lee's involved in that, I almost assume, I almost, like, knee-jerk reaction. I'm like, was Jack Kirby there? Right. That's kind of how it is with a lot of just the... Especially the Marvel characters in general. Like, you, you start talking about the creators, like, huh. I bet you I know two of them right now. Right? It's like, even I'm like, I've never heard of these characters, but I bet I could guess who had a hand in them. <laughs> right? So, Hawkeye was introduced as a reluctant villain in the Tales of Suspense 57 in September 64. After two more appearances as a villain in Tales of Suspense in, in issue 60 and 64, both uh, in December of 64 and April of 65, Hawkeye would then join the ranks of the Avengers, as we've already said, in issue number 16. I also find it kind of nice and kind of unique, like, um, 
Because we've seen, like, when the Avengers assembled, there are plenty of other characters that eventually joined the team, but there are a lot of characters are introduced by the Avengers before they get their own solo. Yeah. It's kind of interesting and nice to see a character who already kind of started out on his own and then got integrated. Which was also nice, too, because he went from being you're kind of not wanting to be a villain, but it was villain. And yeah. then he joins, you know, one of the greatest hero teams ever. Which, you know, one heck of a redemption arc. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Honestly, uh, and w- I, I actually, you know, we'll get more into it when we get into his in-universe, but I kind of have a something I noticed in the movies. <laughs> he became a perennial member of the team and has made numerous appearances in all five volumes. All? Wow. That's uh, kind of a rarity for any character to really be able to say with the Avengers. That's so he appeared in, uh, let's see here. He appears in volume one from 1963 to 1996. He also appears in volume two, 1997. Volume three, 1999 to 2004. Volume four, 2010 to 2013. And volume five, 2013 to present including special issues and annuals, as well as the Ultimates, which, if I'm being honest, was not a fan of the Ultimate Universe and that, but I digress. However, Hawkeye's presence in the Avengers, both the team and the series, was a sporadic for was sporadic for nearly a decade, starting in early 1973. Steve Englehart, the Avengers writer at the time of Hawkeye's departure explains when I had Hawkeye put the event, uh, quit the Avengers, I liked him, but I want to try a different approach. So his leave, uh, well, it fit what I was trying to do. So yeah, no, I guess his, uh, I guess he was, um, yeah, he just kind of wanted to do something different with the character, which, you know, yeah, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. It's a decent way to do it. Especially. I feel like, on a team like that, especially even though Hawkeye does and kind of does become a core member and like a the heart of the team at one point, like it's also a team that make it makes it easy to pull characters out and give them their own solo stuff. Which is true, but especially with like a group like this, it's so easy as we see with the Avengers, the X-Men, the Justice League, it's so easy that it's just a general title that Members come and go all the time. Exactly. Like, even the core members we've seen in the Avengers and in the X-Men, all these teams change over time. So It's very rare. You have, like, your select few that are always there, but even then, like, the majority of the group just disappears at times, and it's very easy with these groups to just do that. Which, honestly, kind of a decent writing technique, I, I must say, as far as storytelling goes. Oh, yeah. So Hawkeye would also be featured prominently in a limited series, West Coast Avengers, issues 1 through 4 in September of 1984 through December of 1984, as a founder and team leader before appearing in the ongoing title of the same name, uh, which ran for 102 issues, including eight annuals, from October of 85 to January of 94. The title was renamed Avengers West Coast from issues number 46 in 1989 Uh, Hawkeye also starred concurrently in almost every issue of Solo Avengers which ran for 40 issues from December 87 to January 91 Uh, the title was renamed Avengers Spotlight from issue number 21 August 89 so he's definitely even when he got out of the Avengers he's still very very (laughs) popular in in a long ongoing series right he's he's like deuces I'm leaving the Avengers Turns around, is like, so what am I going to call my new team? I want to call him a vet. You know what? Let's throw West Coast on there to avoid any copyright infringement from Tony. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. Right? Also, like, I know that isn't the case, but really feels like something that Hawkeye would pull just to oh, piss. Oh, it definitely like, would be. Just to anger Tony or something. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, we also have... Um, Post-Civil War II, Hawkeye starred in a new solo series called Occupy Avengers, written by David Walker and penciled by Carlos Pacheco. Kate Bishop starred in the fifth volume of Hawkeye. 
However, the book was canceled with its 16th and final issue in early 2018. We're a little disappointing to hear that. I haven't read the, I haven't read that comic series, so I don't really, I, I don't know if it's justified that we got, got canceled in that, but it's just, you know, from just reading it, it's always just disappointing to see a character you like have a series canceled. I say it was probably one of those where it was just it got canceled for one reason or another. It may not have been anything important or might not have been popular caught. enough. And that's most likely what it was. It just wasn't popular enough for the time. Yeah, which you know that, that it makes sense. It's always sad to see it happen, but you know, it makes sense. Yeah, unfortunately, at a certain point outside of the movies, he hasn't really been a hugely popular character in the last decade or so. Would really disappoint me because, like, I, I've always liked him. I've always liked him as a member, like, on the team. Oh, yeah. But, you know, um, gotta, you got to make – you're a company. You got to make money. Okay, so what do we got here? In-universe. Ah, this guy. It's going to be a long one, folks, so strap him. It could have been so much longer. <laughs> He's my bad. <laughs> Uh, so Joker, you want to take the reins on the first one or shy? Well, I'll take it. Clint Barton was the son of Harold Barton and Edith Barton. He grew up working his father's butcher shop in Waverly, Ohio, Iowa. Wow. Tried to just mix those two together. <laughs> oh, uh, one of me. His older brother, Barney. Is he purple? Hi. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I saw the name Barney, I'm like, ooh. These kids definitely, like, off the bat, uh, these kids are going to have a rough childhood. You know, my first thought obviously went to the dinosaur Barney, but then I, all of a sudden I just thought of, like, Barney Pfeiffer from uh, Annie Griffith. And I was also thinking Barney from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, so clearly we, he just was in trouble from the get-go, right? Holy cow. So their father was abusive, especially when he drank and continually beat his young boys. So, okay, already getting dark off the bat. Um, oh, I mean, unfortunately, it's it's par for the course anymore with most, most of the characters we've talked about. They've all got extremely abusive parents or family members that are watching them. So, that's about par for the course right now. Granted, definitely more par for the course, I would say, with villains history. So, given... Uh, well, what, seeing as he started as a villain. I was about to say, given the <laughs> fact that he starts as a villain, this is, yeah, very par for the course. Um, so yeah, uh, Barney would teach Clint how to fight and help him improve his aim. Hmm. Not a bad way to start his, uh, career learning how Which to makes me wonder Cause it never really talked about that. How old was he when they all started trying to learn to fight and aim? It ne- it does not give specifics on that. And I feel like they should be talking, being specific on what he's teaching him to aim with. Yeah. It's like, it's like we, we know how he becomes later on, but it's like, what did he lear- start with? I imagine. I'm curious, was it a gun? Was it still a bow and arrow? I imagine rocks. Probably. Being a poor kid with an alcoholic father, they ain't afforded no bow. Those things are way more expensive than you might than people might think. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, maybe rocks. It's like, he's like, you don't, have to be, you don't have to be physically as strong as the bully, but if you hit him between the eyes with this, they will go down. Okay, Harold's drinking eventually cost him his life along with his wife when both died in a car accident. Which, you know, like, I guess, I guess, I guess uh, in, in total fashion here, ladies and gentlemen, please do not drink and drive in that. There are plenty of uh, options out there as far as taxis, Ubers, even specific numbers that you can call and will take you home for free during certain holiday hours. Here at Are You a Fan by Moonbound Productions, we do not support drinking and driving. But anyway, uh, but yeah, no, seriously though, um, like, ah, that's still par for the course for hero, villain, just comics like that's just happens. That's how it goes. How do we how do we make this character kill his parents? It's like the stereotypical D&D character. Like, why are you adventuring? Oh, my family died. So I'm going for revenge. I mean, if we've learned anything, nobody just leaves their home because it was great. Yeah, no. So nobody's like, I'm going to fight a Tarask and almost die because my parents loved me. Or I'm going to go be a superhero in the city because I have a great home life. Right? Yeah, no, that's not how how heroes or villains are born. (laughs) 
<laughs> and to add to the depressing childhood, they'd be sent. Uh, both Clint and Barney would be sent to numerous foster homes. And while running away from one of them, they encountered and joined a traveling circus where the pair would work as ra- uh, rastabouts. Which I had to look that word up. Yeah, I still don't even know what that is. I literally looked up because I saw that. Good I was like, I, I was like, rastabouts. What the heck is a rust? I'm like, I'm thinking I, it's specific. I would assume it'd be like, you know, the essentially the hired help. Kind of, yeah. It's a it's equivalent to like dock workers or miners, like yeah, like just like labors. Yeah, that just sounds right. General labor, and that. So yeah, no, I I thought it would be circus specific, but nope, cross the board. <laughs> yeah, that that tracks. So basically, what uh, what we've done in our lives. <laughs> yeah, and hey, look, here's another hero that's a circus freak. Oh, uh, yeah. You go right up there with uh, Dick Grayson. Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, so we only got two, but like, yeah, I'm, I can I'm think sure of off the top of the head. Yeah, off I'm the top. I'm sure there are a lot more. <laughs> I'm sure we will find more. But okay, so uh, continuing on. While a member of the circus, Clint was trained by the original sword swordsman and by Trickshot. Which uh, we're about to get into what those characters are. I mean, not really. We don't actually talk about who either of them are. Ah. All right. Well, uh, we also don't typically talk about a lot of the other names. True. Okay. But, you know, like circus performers, villains, anti-heroes, you know, like uh, par for the course. Yep. They're good. uh, A swordsman and a trick shot guy. Which, you know, it tracks with knowing his skills. Yep. Um, Clint would later find the swordsman embezzling money from the carnival. Uh, before he could turn over his mentor to the authorities, Clint would be beaten and left for dead, allowing the swordsman to escape town. Clint's relationship with his brother Barney and Trickshot would soon also deteriorate. Ah, uh, was a little sad. Which kind of makes you wonder: did it have, did that deteriorate because of what happened with swordsman, or was it just okay? And here is where derails random comic knowledge that was not on the website comes in handy. Uh, technically the call, the circus itself was actually a traveling, like bank robbing, like, like crime organization. Okay. So that tracks. So yeah, like swordsman and trick shot, like all the, like this whole circus was a crime family thing and that. So like, it was just more Hawkeye at one point does form a conscious and kind of betrays his own team. And yeah, that's kind of ironic that swordsman is embezzling from already criminals <laughs> yep which is also what has led to swordsman having issues with more than just the circus as far as criminal organizations he also kind of clearly because obviously he doesn't care about loyalty among thieves he really does not he can he gets in trouble the bad thing with him though he gets in trouble is a few times with some like powerful oh, villains makes sense <laughs> Clint adapted his archery skills to become a star carnival attraction, a master archer called Hawkeye, otherwise known as the world's greatest marksman. He spent some time as a member of the Tibolts Circus. We're going to go with that. Okay, cool. <laughs> Works for me. And yeah, like I, I feel like because they, they don't give specifics on, like, which circuses, except for there. I think that kind of just implies, like, yeah, he ended up leaving that whole circus and that. But, like, I remember looking on the websites and stuff. They don't give any real specifics on any of the websites I could find in that. But I do know um, that kind of does explain, like, if he ends up becoming that good of a shot for that. And they specifically were, like, for a different circus named this. I'm like, ah, there it is. That makes sense. So, later on, Barton would witness Iron Man in action and decide to try and emulate the hero by donning a colorful costume and employing his archery skills to fight crime. Because, you know, why not? Yeah. Although, during his first public appearance, Hawkeye would be mistaken for a thief by police. And, you know, judging by his costume, not surprised there. Yeah, not really. He like, never really had a good costume that uh, doesn't scream thief. His costumes are pretty, like, villain-esque looking. Like... Like, the dark purples, the generally always, like, pointy Yeah, the way his mask has always been. It's very... You look at it, you see villain. You yeah. You see hero. Yeah. No, no. Uh, could've, he could have... He could maybe taken a moment, look himself in the mirror, and be like, what does this remind me of? Because also, mm-hmm. FYI, 
uh, the swordsman, not too far off look. That's good to know. Very purple-esque costume. Well, I wonder if he just jacked it from him. And just made alterations? Yeah. Because, like, granted, the difference is, like, the swordsman and Hawkeye both look like they would be part of the same, like, army. Like, medieval army. As far as, like, purple codes and, like, everything. But So, they, so it's a gang with a dress code. Yeah. Essentially. Yep, oh, basically. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's where they get why they look alike. Maybe it's something from the circus. I, I could see that. Uh, in some interpretations, it has been said that Hawkeye's outfit is his circus outfit. Yeah, that tracks. So, but yeah, no, just looking in the mirror like, like yeah, no, they totally aren't going to mistake me for anybody. <laughs> right. So Black Widow, at the time a Soviet agent, met Burden by chance and enlisted him as a partner. Together they clashed against heroes such as Spider-Man and Iron Man on several occasions. Met Burden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you totally botched, botched that name that time. Clint, oh yeah, met Barton. But yeah, that was definitely something we kind of talked about when we talked with Black Widow about their early relationship with each other. Yep. And that they weren't heroes, and he was the first one that would take the two of them to the Avengers. Yep, and we also, you know, talked about how she was definitely using him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> originally. But, you know, they they um, they mended eventually, so, you know, calm down, folks. <laughs> they've, they've got a long history. <laughs> they have a real long history together. Maybe someday we'll do a specific them episode. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what happened in Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> and although Hawkeye became romantically involved with the Black Widow, he was unhappy being a criminal, and when approached by the Avengers, or... When he approached the Avengers and told them that his de- his desire to reform, Iron Man would sponsor his membership on the team. Which is really... Hmm. That's, that's a really large jump to go. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be a criminal anymore. Let's go to this top tier team that's got all the heroes. Right. And let's go talk to them. I want to join you guys. Yeah, that seems like a long stretch. At the same time, you know, like... I feel like them watching the Avengers kind of take in Hulk. They're like, okay, we actually might have a shot with these guys. Yeah, but he wasn't really, even at his worst, he wasn't really ever a criminal. Not. So it's a lot bigger of a jump for them to make it than it is even still for the Hulk. But, I mean, arguably publicly, though, the Hulk was considered a villain. Well, it's because they didn't understand what was going on with him. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's one of those, like, even a lot of the heroes thought he was a villain until, you know, they actually got to know him. So it's one of those, like, if if you're going to, they got through to this monster, <laughs> they might be the better chance than S.H.I.E.L.D., who is constantly hunting down. Well, I just mean in general, it's like, you could have just started on your own to be a hero, just got away from the criminal life. But no, we're going to go straight to the top. Okay, yeah, that's a valid thing. I mean, at least Spider-Man took his time. Exactly. Okay, could more like Spider-Man. Valid. Was, or like a lot of the other heroes that just start in their own city and eventually get adopted into the groups. Okay, yeah. No, that was... Uh, I mean, they they went for the major leagues, and, well, they got in, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly it worked. So, Barton formed, along with Captain America, Scarlet Witch, and her brother Quicksilver... An incarnation of the Avengers known as Cap's Kooky Quartet. This was the lineup that succeeded the original after the four remaining founders took indefinite leaves of absence. Which still, okay, Cap's Kooky Quartet. As, as Captain America, I would not be proud of that, that name at all. You gotta wonder who who came up with the name. I can almost guarantee who came up with it. Is either Quicksilver or Barton, or it was both of them. Okay, I could easily see that because everything I know of, what little I know of Quicksilver, he seems like he would be in on a on a joke like that. Yeah, he's a pretty prankster. Because I don't see Captain doing it. Nope. Everything I know of Scarlet, I don't see her doing it. No. So it's got to be those two. You gotta wonder what the pitch was. You gotta wonder like how long it took him to get them to agree. Right. Just like guys, come on, like. We're not the Avengers anymore. And honestly, looking at this team, we're a little kooky. <laughs> That's got to be what it was. And Cap's just like, if you guys won't bring it up again, we'll go with it. Right. 
And then it just becomes kind of their name. Right. So at first regard they were regarded as less formidable than the previous roster, but the new team would soon prove themselves against the likes of King the Conqueror and Doctor Doom. So you know, right off the bat they just prove themselves off against some pretty formidable people. Uh yeah, like and for those of you who don't know, just to give you an idea of how formidable, Kang has killed Thanos before. And Doctor Doom has literally killed a reality god. Yeah. So like, get- they, they they kinda it's kinda like how Clint went from being a criminal to the top of the food chain. It's kinda what this new Avenger group did. They're just like you think we're nothing? Here, we'll, we'll just deal with these guys then. Right, let's deal with some god-tier reality-warping beans. Which, I mean, I feel like I feel like the main muscle of that team is the Scarlet Witch, though. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I feel like they went, won a lot of those battles just like, just like going in there. It's like, we'll send in Quicksilver, Hawkeye, and Cap. And there's like, Scarlet, little help. She's like, fine, I'll wave my fingers. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Hawkeye remained an active member of the Avengers for years. His archery skills and inventive trick arrows augmenting the superhuman powers of his associates. Now, that's one thing that was always impressive about Hawkeye was just his general, like, his assortment of the trick arrows. Oh, yeah, that's definitely what kind of was always really cool about him. Oh, yeah. Gave him a major advantage kind of against anybody he's ever taken on. And also, like, you know, having that many trick arrows, he's got to be a quick thinker. Oh, yeah. Then, compared to the DC version of him, I kind of like his trick arrows better because they're a little more serious. Yeah. But, like, when you get the DC version of Green Arrow, his trick arrows fit him. Oh, yeah. His trick arrows definitely fit him. I did like what they did in the uh, in the movies, though. I enjoyed the, because normally in the comics and a lot of the cartoons, each arrow has a specific head to it. Like the stick has, I like what they did in the movies by showing him like have a clicker to switch. Essentially it was, you had the arrow tube and it had a different head that could be attached to it. Exactly. Which I think kind of more reasonable, like granted the comic one makes sense for especially the time. Cause you're just like, you're like, there's no way they would have that tech. But now, given our world, they're like, there's no way that he wouldn't have that tech. Then, I mean, for the comics, I, I feel like the way they did it works better for comics in general. Oh, for the drawing aspect yeah. and everything. And, and then the with the movies, they're like, we're going to go a little more high tech with everything. Which, and both work for their respective universes. Yep. So, his carefree and rebellious personality meant that he sometimes would argue with Captain America. You know, like a lot do. Of uh, believing he could make a better leader. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, eventually, however, Hawkeye came to respect Cap more than any of the other Avengers and became one of his staunchest supporters. You know, that seems to be a trend with a lot of people that like to argue with Cap right away. Then they're like, no, I actually kind of like you better because of all this. <laughs> and that, because that's the one thing, like, uh, I think one of the reasons him and Cap clash so much in the beginning is Hawkeye is kind of a rebellious mm, bit of a punk. Yeah, I and, mean, that's kind of how he's always been depicted. Yeah. And but, Cap, obviously, is that very... He's a soldier. He's a soldier, but what makes Cap very reasonable to deal with is the fact that Cap doesn't really... He, Cap doesn't talk down to anybody. Yeah. So even with Clint acting the way he does, Cap would have never really talked down to him or put him down. Clint would have just been more pissed off that he wasn't. Pretty much. He would have been like, why aren't you yelling like I am? Soldier, can you please sit down, like... It's like those things like because their personalities were cap was the soldier it definitely didn't mesh the same but when you got to like clint and steve yeah they were definitely seemed on a similar level where it was more they were more human yeah but when you got to like the avenger part of it like no clearly he has a very strict personality baseline oh yeah and yeah it makes sense that they got they did not get along in that sense Oh, completely. But it also, because that's that's the other thing, though. If Hawkeye, if you can prove to Hawkeye that you you deserve that role that you have in that, Hawkeye will respect it. Oh yeah. For a short time, Barton abandoned his Hawkeye identity, and while taking Hank Pym's growth serum, operated under the name Goliath. After resuming his Hawkeye role, he also briefly became the Golden Archer. Which, that didn't seem to last too long. Really did And not. I know the Goliath one didn't either. It, it kind of came and went a few times, but they were yeah. very brief 
alter egos. Very brief alter egos. And arguably, I'm glad because, like, it's his Hawkeye persona that just, I think, makes him the most badass. Oh, yeah. That, like... Around this time, Hawkeye would begin a series of extended leaves of absence from the Avengers, often trying to establish independent identity outside the group. Which, you know, I feel like anybody... I feel like a lot of characters in groups like this do eventually reach that point where they do. We see it all the time with all the heroes and all their sidekicks where the sidekicks leave off because they want their own identity. Exactly. And we even see it in the main hero groups where like certain heroes are like, I'm tired of just being, you know, just, just a member of this team and that I like, I can do my own thing. I mean, heck, I think one of my favorite things, uh, kind of going off topic here, folks, but I think one of my favorite things about the original like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited was the fact that Batman refused to acknowledge that he was a member or founding member of that said team. Yep. <laughs> He's like, no, I do my own thing. They're like, you're always here, man. <laughs> no, I'm just, I just coincidentally am always here. Yeah. But I do my own thing. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Hawkeye at least took the initiative to be like, I'm leaving. I'm going, and you're never going to hear from me for a while. And now, the first instance... No. My mouth gone. My The first instance actually saw Clint resign on the grounds of wanting to prove he did not need a team to be, to be effective, only to almost immediately join the Defenders for several adventures, including opposing the Avengers. He's like that serial monogamist. Right? <laughs> he has to be in the group, even though he doesn't want to be. Right? I feel like I feel like I've uh, I've met a lot of people like this. Like I don't need no man, no woman to complete me. I'm just gonna date around, and that week later, meet. My, I'd like you all to meet my new significant other. Yeah. Like, weren't you? Uh, weren't you supposed to be playing the field? Like, like that's exactly that's what he did. Exactly what he did. He's, He's like, like, nope, I don't need y'all. I'm gonna do this on my own. Defenders call up. Hey, you want to join us? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Just imagine be like a day later. It's like, thank God I needed a team. <laughs> right? Just as he's in his house with portraits of his old team talking to them. <laughs> oh, God. You know, sad thing is I can almost see Clint doing that. A little <laughs> bit. Yeah. I think he needs a team. Not because his skill doesn't need it. Because skill-wise, I, he doesn't need a team, arguably. If oh yeah, Daredevil can make it. He can make it. I think it's the fact that he does seem like well that character that needs social interaction because he needs somebody to hear his stupid puns and insults. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> so he would also end up kind of randomly in the 1870s, where he befriended Western hero Two Gun Kid, and with the help of the Avengers, defeated Kang. Uh, he would bring the Western hero along to the present and leave the Avengers to team up with him. Just seems. I hope there was uh, some consent in him coming back to the future. I imagine there had to be, and I'm also curious because I did not do any research into who Two Gun Two Gun Kid is. I would love to believe that that was Billy the Kid. I'd assume it was just off of what history is. That's, yeah, that lines up. And I'm and yeah, just Two Gun Kid. That seems very similar to Billy the Kid. It probably was. And also, you know. I feel like there would be consent because I just feel like Billy the Kid would be like, why not? We also know comic books and how often they just kidnap people. True. So. True. Actually, oddly enough, a, another arrow-wielding person in the beginning of Justice League Unlimited was kidnapped into the Justice League. So, yeah. Heroes aren't big on consent when it comes to, uh, hey, you coming? Well, you're coming. <laughs> Clint would later meet and elope with uh, Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird, a fellow crime fighter when the two were kidnapped by Crossfire, a villain who wanted to use hypnotic ultrasound to force superheroes to kill each other. Hawkeye and Mockingbird defeated Crossfire, but Burden suffered permanent hearing damage due to the ultrasounds and for a long time was forced to wear a hearing aid. Eventually, Franklin Richards would cure him of his injury when Clint was among heroes restored from an alternate reality. That was a lot. Yeah, definitely. A lot that happened there. 
Uh, but I would like to bring up um, the whole him going deaf thing. One, in the new show, folks, that's coming out about Hawkeye, they do show him with hearing aids. Two, in comics, it is canon that anytime Deadpool works with Clint, he will wear his mask up and use sign language. Which is really cool to think about. Right? Like, and yeah, just kind of a, like a cool little... Also, Clint and Hawkeye actually do have a weird bonded relationship with each other. You mean Clint and Deadpool? Or Clint and Deadpool. Who did I say? <laughs> Hawkeye. <laughs> I mean, Clint and Hawkeye do have a weird relationship with each other, technically, if you think about it. <laughs> when you get to one of the other Hawkeyes, yes. <laughs> a few of them, maybe. Okay. Moving on. Upon his return to the Avengers with his new bride, Barton would, uh, was appointed to chair a second team of Avengers based on the West Coast by the chairman, uh, or by then-chairman, The Vision. The team Hawkeye chose consisted of Mockingbird, his original inspiration, uh, inspiration Iron Man, Wonder Man, and Tigra. Oh, yeah. I, this is kind of the team that the... Um the uh, 1990s Avengers cartoon was kind of based on. I actually just saw a thing on Facebook today where Jeremy Renner, the guy who acts or does the acting, he Ooh. wants to do a West Coast Avengers. He wants Hawkeye to lead it. Dude, yes. Which I, when I saw that after seeing the research you did, I'm like, okay, now I kind of want to see this because clearly he knows his character. Clearly he does because, yeah, no, West Coast Avengers was not uh, wasn't the most popular thing i loved it i i like it but um yeah no and this is where we also kind of get into the uh just seeing vision be a part of this thing and that and us uh anybody who's been following us and listening to us uh if you saw the vision episode you probably guess this is not gonna go great <laughs> yeah probably not okay so moving on here uh Mockingbird proved instrumental in consulting on a multinational plot to abduct and dismantle the vision for his near benevolent takeover of the world. See, we're getting right into it. <laughs> Although he aborted the plan before anyone was truly harmed. Yeah, like uh, vision would do. Yep. But still doesn't make it great. Yeah. <laughs> When uh, Bobby realized the plot wasn't just a worst-case scenario and was actually being put into action, she returned to warn the uh, the wackos. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming it's. I assume it's talking about her group of West Coast Avengers, and that's her term of how she calls them. But because it didn't tell, it didn't even have like a. You know, the, the hyperlinks. I have no idea what the, what the wackos is. Okay, so yeah, apparently um, apparently uh, Dot and her brothers are in on this now. <laughs> Anybody in the comment and our listeners who gets that reference know that I love you. But um, still, though, I, lo I love how we bring up. I'm like, I'm like if Vision's involved, this is not going to go great. Immediately, it didn't go great. And to be honest, because there was some stuff that was skipped here, so I think it wasn't immediate, but it wasn't long into it either. I imagine it wouldn't be. Vision does not have a great track record. No, he really doesn't. Like, granted, it's never out of pure malice. A lot of times, it's like the, you see in the cartoons or like even the what if. It's He does it with good intentions, but because he doesn't truly understand humanity... It does not go the way he wants it to. Yeah, no, you just end up with a one-legged T'Challa in a basement. <laughs> yeah. It was really dark for a what-if series, I gotta tell you. Yeah. Okay. So, so eventually, Clint would quit the team after being tossed aside as the government intrusion into the Avengers would continue when they were forced to accept a new leader, U.S. agent. He and Mockingbird would end up in Wisconsin training under the official franchise team, um, the Great Lakes Avengers. Because, you know, we need just another group of Avengers somewhere. There, It is surprising how many Avenger teams there kind of are. And almost a little annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's worse because it's just like little splinter groups of the Avengers. But at least like when the DC did it, they're like, no, you're just going to have a whole different team and different right. name. I do love the concept of the Great Lakes Avengers because I just feel like there's somebody. It's like, do we really need a Midwestern team of Avengers? And it's probably all like bottom tiered Avengers, too. right? It's like, no, this is where the rejects go. 
It's like, hey, can somebody call up the Canadian team in that? See what hockey puck's up to. (laughs) Legitimate character, by the way. I believe it, especially knowing Canada. (laughs) Like, oh, man. Okay, I guess let's move on past the um, follies of just so many Avenger teams. Clint would briefly rejoin the West Coast Avengers before they were disbanded by Vision. Can somebody unplug him? Uh, Clearly not. Like... Somebody needs to unplug him. <laughs> okay. So, after Mockingbird's apparent death, Hawkeye would become a solo agent for a period of time, during which Barton was commissioned to train a group of rebels known as the Shadows, along with Sundance and Stryker. He had attempted to keep uh, keep them from killing, but one, but on one raid, Stryker killed a woman and injured her fiancé, a friend of James Rhodes, which better known as War Machine. Yep, uh... And that whole thing kind of takes a dark turn in the comics. Like, James Rhodes, like, he comes for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, makes total sense. Yeah. Like, granted, granted, he does not come at, like, Clint with ill intent, but he he, he wants, like, justice in what's, who's responsible. So. And Clint just unfortunately happens to be a part of the group. Yeah. Which... I mean, maybe don't be training a group of assassin mercenaries, Clint. Like, you know, considering you have a lot of superhero friends who do active stuff in war zones and have military backgrounds and possible friends and family. And I definitely feel like that whole scenario is very reminiscent of, like, the Captain America Civil War where Rhodey just kind of ended up in the on the wrong side of it, just uh, in a bad situation. Well, yeah. he didn't have ill intent against the other section of the Avengers, but it's like, this is just how it has to be. Yeah. And that's kind of how he was with Clint. like, I have no ill intent against you, but you're on that side. And unfortunately, especially in the comics, that's kind of how war war goes. Like, Yeah. I mean, you know, I think Civil War was a great example. Oh, you yeah, know, definitely. American Civil War was a great example. Like, like bro, I, I don't hate you, but like... I live on this side of the lake. (laughs) So, okay. So Hawkeye would have frequent disagreements with the team. After years of fighting alongside with the Avengers, Hawkeye offered to lead the Thunderbolts. Another team mostly contrived of uh, rehabilitated villains, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was essentially kind of like a Dark Avengers almost, where it was a bunch of not necessarily all of them were necessarily villains, because U.S. Agent was one of them, too. And he's yeah. not really a villain per se. It was more of, because um, there is a group that does eventually form called the Dark Avengers that Clint even kind of goes against. But they are legitimate villains in that group. This yeah. one is a lot of more either villains or low-tier heroes, but like it, it was a group that was kind of also formed so rehabilitated villains could show that they were that too, yeah. Heroes like because I think uh, there's a few characters on that team that I know Clint kind of helped bring onto that team because yep. they wanted to change. It was just one of those like it wasn't just which villains, yeah, which is a good thing to bring up because yeah, that is uh, that is kind of a blanket statement that's not accurate yep. to the rest of the team. Eventually, he would rejoin the Avengers, you know, because he just can't stay away from a group. <laughs> My CDs uh, are in his truck. <laughs> Uh, Clint would begin a dallying affair with the Wasp, causing tension with her sometime lover, Hank Pym. Uh, When the Scarlet Witch had a breakdown that resulted in the breakup of the Avengers, Barton would perish on an exploding Kree ship uh, created by her crazed state. That's a whole lot to put into that one paragraph. Yeah. um, I feel like just... Because that was almost a copy... Like It was almost a perfect copy from the page. I feel like they left out a lot of stuff. They really did... This was definitely leading up to one of Wanda's, and I don't... One of her many loss of control moments, and that, and uh, also, you know, considering uh, Hawkeye and Wanda were at one point kind of romantically involved, and that, or prospects, I can see the jealousy. It's a little sad that they had to do, do that, but... Well, and that's the worst part, is like, it doesn't even say that that's necessarily what caused the breakdown. It true. Just, it just happened to be where he perishes because of her breakdown. That's but it doesn't true. actually say. This is where I feel like they left out a lot of stuff because they don't say what started her breakdown. They really did, and honestly, I don't know that 
arc, that story arc well enough to really go into detail. So that, that's the only issue I have with that whole statement is like, no, nope, that valid. W- what started it? And cause it's very likely that it was the jealousy potentially, potentially, but it's like, you didn't tell us. Can, can you please elaborate on this? Okay. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, that's, uh, that's where we're going to call it on Clint Barton, AKA Hawkeye's whole story. So yeah, uh, let's, uh, move on to his weapons and skills. Okay. So weapons and skills. Let's, uh, run through this. Okay. <laughs> Master Archer. No, duh. Uh, peak human sight. Obviously <laughs> peak human condition. Well, okay. Yeah, no, no. Okay. That's, that's valid to put in there. Um, peak reflexes, peak marksmanship, of course, <laughs> expert acrobatic makes sense with the circus, uh, master martial artist. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one to put in there. Expert tactician. I imagine he would have learned that, picked that up over time. It probably came from being around cat for a little bit. Yep. Uh, also, Barden is skilled with swords, knives, nun- nunchucks, uh, staffs, and it- I've never seen nunchucks spelled out. Sorry, that, <laughs> me that really <laughs> threw me off. Moving on. And he is also one of the few people to be able to properly handle Captain America's shield and, of course, a bow. <laughs> Though, kind of going back to the peak human condition, kind of cool because it does specify that he can pull a 250-pound bow with ease and function effectively for 42 hours that is that is impressive that is very impressive like i've just i last time i did anything with a bow i was a young kid and obviously they're not as strong but i can just imagine the amount of dude i have a hundred that your human body would have to do to hold one that i have a 150 pound bow and like that thing is a that thing is a pain to pull back so 250 yeah <laughs> i could not even pull his bow so he is also a expert vehicle operator on uh, experience with motorcycles snowmobiles um as one of the most proficient and daring pilots of the avengers quinjets and sky cycles he is also multilingual well i guess he's really only technically bilingual because he's fluent in english and italian but he also knows american sign language I mean, I feel like the deaf community would count that as a uh, language. And yeah. Can you understand it when somebody's using it on you? I can't. Well, I get, I get every like 20th word. I guess more of where a lot of times <laughs> I think of a separation is a lot of times I think of language as in the spoken language. F- which fair, valid, but and like clearly is- that is not a spoken language per se. <laughs> so it's like not trying to be rude to the deaf community, but it's just one of those. I feel like spoken language wise, he is bilingual. Spoken language wise, he's bilingual. But he also is proficient in uh, or fluent in American Sign Language. Yep. Okay. So now let's get into his media section, which I'm. Oh, that's that's not as bad as some. Oh, definitely not as bad as some. Well, we're definitely going to run through this one quickly, too. Yes. So in TV. Uh, Clint ha- the Clint Barton Hawkeye version appears in Marvel Superheroes, Iron Man, The Avengers United They Stand, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Mar- Marvel Future Avengers anime series. He also appears in both The Avengers Earth Minus Heroes, which shows him um, as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent before an Avenger, and an Iron Man Armored Adventure shows him as a younger freelance version prior to joining S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's kind of cool seeing him but not being the Avenger, but still yeah. being involved in the cartoons. That's pretty awesome. Um, Clint, w- Clint also has a brief cameo in Goliath in the 1994 Fantastic Four animated a- as series. As Goliath. As Goliath. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Rayner voices his alternate timeline version in a Disney Plus series, What If? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And Renner reprises his role in the live-action Disney Plus show, Hawkeye, releasing today! Hopefully. (laughs) I don't foresee them pushing this back. Hopefully, releasing today. If uh, it didn't, uh, that's not on us. It's a week away. I don't see them pushing it back at this point. Hopefully not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, so into his film, which doesn't have a whole lot, 
Uh, he appears in Next Avengers Heroes of Tomorrow along with his son Francis Barton. Uh, he appears in the anime special Lego Marvel Superheroes Avengers Reassembled. Uh, it appears in two anime films, Iron Man Rise of Technovore and Avengers Confidential Black Widow and Punisher. And obviously we all know his MCU appearances. Exactly. No need to go into that. So, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, wait, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Everybody's got a, at least a video game section. You... Yep, I, I forgot. <laughs> okay, so video games. We got Hawkeye appears in 24 various games, including the 1991 arcade game, Spider-Man, the video game, Captain America and the Avengers, the PSP version of Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3, the Facebook game Marvel Avengers Alliance, Lego Marvel Superheroes, Disney Infinity Marvel Superheroes, and Disney Infinity 3.0, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity, and Lego Marvel Superheroes 2, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. And that was literally just taking what I thought were the biggest names of his list. It's actually there's way- a lot of little ones, but that was still a lot of big ones. It's actually slightly more than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he also has a theater appearance in Marvel Universe Live. I think we've talked about that a couple times. Yep. <laughs> um, and the old man Hawkeye appears in the podcast uh, Marvel's Wastelanders Old Man Hawkeye. What? I'm going to have to check that out. I love yep. Old Man Hawkeye. He's my favorite. Of, uh, one of my favorite versions of him, honestly. Okay. And Joker, let me ask you. You a fan? Oh, yeah. I've always enjoyed him because... It's always nice seeing that non-superpowered hero in a superhero group that is full of, like, god-tier beings and literal gods like Thor. <laughs> and honestly, I've always I've liked him since I was a kid, watching him in the shows and seeing him in the comics, so I'm a fan, too. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, a comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time. You're a fan, too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails. <laughs>